Pushkin. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase and a member FDIC 2024 J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Have you ever noticed these cars with like two, three teenagers just stopping, like waiting for the light? They have a music on and the two of them or three of them are like singing and dancing. And I'm like, every time I would be like, oh, my God, I want to try like that. Bani Rashidi always knew she wanted to be a mom. She dreamed of raising a kid whose life would be filled with carefree moments, like singing in the car with friends. But when Bani's child received a significant medical diagnosis, Bani's dreams were upended. Just think of it as a videotape that is going on in my mind of all this wonderful dreams and, you know, everything happy and colorful and, you know, Just imagine that video stopped and it was blank. There was nothing left, not even a little bit. Nothing. On today's episode, redefining your expectations as a parent. I'm Maya Shankar, and this is A Slight Change of Plans, a show about who we are and who we become in the face of a big change. I got to know Banny because she's a listener of A Slight Change of Plans, and she wrote me a beautiful letter about her life story. As I got to know her, I felt transformed by her wisdom and life philosophy. And so I wanted you to hear her story, too. From the time Banny was a little girl growing up in Iran, she'd always looked forward to becoming a parent one day. She loved nurturing and taking care of her little dolls and giving them all the love she had within her. And then... As I was growing older, as a teenager and a young adult, I had started to have all these plans. Like if I had saw some behaviors in some parents, I would be like, I would never do that to my children. 
if this happens with my child, this would be my reaction, you know? Like inside my head, I was always preparing myself constantly for being the best parent that I could. So like having children was not a question, was a matter of when and, you know, how many. And so I feel like I had it in me growing up. In your 30s, you immigrated from Iran to the U.S. to continue your medical training and to do your residency here. Right. And during that time, um, kind of a magical time, right? You met your husband. You got the exciting news that you were expecting a baby girl. Can you take me back to the first moment that you saw your daughter, Saba? Oh, my goodness. That was the most magical moment of my life. I'm holding this little baby, this little perfect baby after a long, long, very tiring delivery <laughs> after 26 hours that we were trying oh my to gosh, push her Danny. out. <laughs> then I'm holding her and her entire life, like whatever I have had planned for her, whatever I have planned to give to her is like playing in my mind like a, you know, very fast forward video. Like I feel like what a beautiful bride she's going to make. You know, at that point, I knew that she may never want to get married or whatever. I mean, that would be her life. But then that is as her mother, that is what came to my mind. That first minute that I'm holding her in my arms and I'm just like looking at her like, Every little thing, all like counting her fingers and counting her toes and just touching her and feeling her and just thinking of the fantastic life that we are going to have together and then just imagining the joy that I'll have every second of my life from now on just by looking at her. Mm. And just the joy that seeing her thrive and being happy and being successful and just enjoying life and then me enjoying life because of her enjoyment. You mentioned imagining the wedding day. What were other images or milestones that came to mind as you were playing this movie reel in your mind? Have you ever noticed these cars with like two, three teenagers just stopping, like waiting for the light? And then they are like... They have a music on and the two of them or three of them are like singing and dancing. Yeah. And I'm like, every time I would be like, oh, my God, good for their parents. I want a <laughs> child like that. You know, like having that driver's license and going out with her friends, having that graduation, just mm. picking whichever college she wants, but then like graduating and then me being that proud mother, having her boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever she wants and then come back for dinner and then, you know, we all sit and get introduced to this special person. And then the other thing was that, Maya, I have to tell you this, the other thing was that I grew up uh, with some cultural and some social limitations. Hmm. And just thinking that my daughter didn't have to go through those limitations She could be whoever she wanted. She had the opportunity to choose whatever she wanted. 
her career, her family, her activities, her hobbies, you know, the way she dresses, her group of friends. Um, that was like a relief for me also. Mm. Tell me a bit more about that. So what were those kinds of limitations? So when I was growing up, women had less freedom in Iran than men, for example. You had to be covered. You had to be d- dressed a certain way. You had to be behaving a certain way. Like if we were, if I was introduced to a male person, I couldn't shake hands with them. <laughs> or a woman could not have a passport without a written permission from her husband, even though she is like a professor of the university and wants to attend an international conference and have a lecture there. But there is, still, you have to have that permission from your husband. And then also, like out in the society, no singing, no dancing, no laughing out loud. You couldn't be two, three young adults having your music loud in the car and dancing and singing along. Mm. So uh, back to that moment of holding my baby in my arms, I was just like thinking, oh, my God, now she can be a happy singing dancing, loud, cheerful, jumping up and down little girl and grow up like that. And there is nothing to limit her. Mm. And that gave me this satisfaction and sense of uh, safety. When Saba was around 15 months old, you started to notice that she was behaving differently than some of your friend's kids. Yes. Uh, Do you mind telling me a bit more about that? Yes, yes. So I remember this very sweet co-worker that I had. His daughter is a few weeks older than my daughter. And he was sharing a video on his cell phone of his daughter um, playing, playing with her toys, uh, feeding her Mickey Mouse doll, you know, being interactive with with the camera and stuff like that. And then I was thinking, oh, my God, what a huge difference a few weeks makes because Saba doesn't do any of this. She's not interactive. When I'm taking videos of her, she's not as interactive. She never plays with her doll the way, like, I was in my mind, I was thinking, okay, this is something that will emerge eventually, but maybe probably she's not ready for that yet. Um, and then suddenly I went to this, like, defense mode. No, don't. Compare your baby with anybody else's baby. You know, comparison takes the joy away. I'm not supposed to compare. Okay, she'll get to it whenever it is time for her. And I kind of like pushed that thinking back in my mind and then went on with my life. So mm. that was that was the first thing around like 15 months old, maybe. And then in the next few months, uh, that was when she regressed a little bit too, meaning that the skills that she already had, she lost them little by little. Like that eye contact that was inconsistent, no, it was not there anymore. Like no eye contact. She had no words. She even lost the babbling. Like, you know how they start babbling, like ba, 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 ma, ma, ma. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that was always a sign of her being cheerful to me. And then she lost that. Um, So when it really hit us was uh, 
we had went on a vacation and then we came back and then Saba and I went to visit my brother's family. And um, the few days that we were there, I noticed that she's totally mute. No noise is coming out of her except if I tickled her and she would be laughing or if she was crying. So we came back. I started my job on a Thursday. I still remember it was Thursday. I go to work Thursday, Friday. That weekend, I'm staying home with Saba. And the entire weekend, I cannot, there is no noise coming out of her. And her interactions, like she used to play peekaboo with us. No, she was not. So all those interactions were lost. And the next Monday morning when I was driving to work, I was crying because I knew that something was wrong. Mm. So you ended up taking Saba to a pediatric neurologist. Correct. If you can bring me back to that moment, Bani, what do you remember his telling you? So... um we could squeeze ourselves in to a pediatric neurologist uh, schedule on December 30th, 2009. And then uh, my husband and I and Sabo, we are there waiting for him. I noticed that there are these mirrors. One side of the wall is a mirror. And this is one of those mirrors that they can actually see through. So they can just watch you and your daughter actually watch the patient and then Mm. see how their interaction is with their parents and, you know, with the toys. The room is, by the way, full of toys. And uh, Saba doesn't seem to be interested in any of them except for, I think, a book that she was like, you know, looking at, but she was not exploring for sure. She was just like sitting on the floor, just looking at that book, flipping the pages and just sitting there, minding her own business. And then the doctor walks in and um, it didn't take him long. It did not take him a long time. He just, after maybe a short evaluation and a short physical, he just looked at us and he said, um, I think it is autism. And with whatever he could see, it was the severe end of the spectrum. Hmm. And what did the severe end of the spectrum look like for Saba? Oh, with profound autism, what comes is uh, severe limitations in communication, severe, severe limitations, including in talking. Mm. And on top of uh, autism, Sabo has apraxia also, and that is she doesn't have control over her lips and mouth muscles, tongue and lips and all mouth muscles. So even if she is to imitate you saying a word, she cannot because she doesn't have the control over that area, even to imitate and making the same word. Um, Then there is uh, this extreme, extreme sensory issues just whatever that is, uh, that sounds normal to you and I, it will be very, very overwhelming for her. And on top of that comes a developmental delay. So whatever, like the developmental milestones that typical kids can get to, including potty training, for example, mm. uh, they come much, much later. If you're lucky, they come much, much later uh, or they, they may never come. Bani, I'm wondering, how did you process this news? 
just think of it as a videotape that is going on in my mind of all this wonderful dreams and, you know, everything happy and colorful and musicy and energetic, everything hopeful. Just imagine that video stopped. It was all blank and dark. All those dreams of driving and graduation and significant other and, you know, grandchildren and Thanksgiving dinners and all of those were all shattered. Hmm. And there was, there was nothing left, not even a little bit, nothing. Yeah. So how did you move forward? Having an infant, having a child with autism, a severe autism, is hard. You have all those sleepless nights that you're tired, your entire family is tired, you know, and then you feel bad for your child that cannot fall asleep too. She wants to fall asleep, but she cannot. Um, then there is uh, the poop smearing, playing with their poop. One specific night that I thought, oh, okay, she fell asleep. She's quiet in her bed. Uh, couldn't hear any noises or any sounds from her room. Uh, just to open the room, to, to open the door and then see that, okay, she has been like uh, busy in playing with her poop. And there is like poop everywhere um, in, in the bedroom. And there is like, because of the limited communication, the comprehension is there. The communication is not there. So there is all this uh, tantrums and kicking and screaming. And then you have all these bite marks on your arm. There is like hair pulling. She has bruises on her arm and mm. her body of self-injurious, like she would pinch herself. Uh, part of it is sensory issues, and then part of it is just out of frustration and anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and there's all this unknown. And most importantly, you have to learn how to deal with all the emotions that come with that. Mm. Tell me more about that. Uh, first of all, I felt guilt. And I hated myself. Because I felt like I had, you know, there is this illusion of control. <laughs> like I felt I was, I was somehow responsible for that. Like, what did I do wrong? In the, you know, everyday thing, I was like just thinking, was that the perinatal vitamins that I didn't, you know, I skipped them a few days. <laughs> was that that? Mm -hmm. Was that the shampoo, the new shampoo that I used during my pregnancy? What did I do wrong that got us to this point? And then there was also another version of guilt that, like in a spirituality, what am I guilty of that God or universe is punishing me for. Mm. And that was much harder because I felt like I was a bad person. I am this, this bad person and I'm getting punished because of me being this bad person. So why, 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 why what did I do wrong? I couldn't think of anything, but then I was like feeling guilty. Mm. And if I did something wrong, if I'm guilty of anything, 
Why is she being punished for that? Why is she going through all this hardship? For what reason? Having that profound autism is not easy. Yeah. And why is that she has to go through it? And then the other thing was that I got into this state of anxiety. You know, growing up as a young adult, I was always believing that, okay, you plan your life well, and you work hard, and you get to whatever you want sooner or later. But then now I was like, I planned it well. I really worked, you know, I really, I did whatever I could to be a good mother during my pregnancy, before my pregnancy. And I really, really, really worked hard. And I really, really, really felt prepared for that. Yeah. But then it didn't go as planned. So I lost my trust to everything in life. Mm. You know, I'm like, anything bad can happen to me right now. The sky can fall off for no reason. (laughs) So I was in this uh, kind of like a, a very defensive, very like ready for anything to go bad mode. Uh, And that brought me anxiety. We'll be back in a moment with a slight change of plans. Sometimes trusting your gut doesn't work. Like when you end up late because you think the line at the coffee shop doesn't look too long. Probiotics can't help with most of your gut decisions. But if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. They made a three-in-one supplement I love called Symbiotic Plus. It includes clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. All kinds of things can mess with your gut on a daily basis, like stress, travel, and food choices. I take Symbiotic Plus from Ritual every morning to help my gut microbiome. The delayed release is designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract, and I appreciate that it's in just one minty capsule, no refrigeration needed. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slight. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slight for 20% off. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JPMorgan Chase Bank, NA member, FDIC, copyright 2024. 
J.P. Morgan, Chase & Co. Did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, most of these cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship and leads to excessive carbon emissions. Blueland is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful, cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. I love that I can just fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blueland tablets, and start cleaning. Blueland is a staple in my home because I find their products super clean and effective. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. Blueland has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash slight. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash slight for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash slight to get 15% off. About a year after Banny's daughter received her diagnosis, Banny settled into a new routine. In the morning, she dropped Saba off at a preschool for children with autism. And on the drive home, she'd stop by the beach to take a walk by herself and think things through. On this one morning, Banny felt particularly reflective. So I had all this time to just walk and have these inner conversations with me, um, thinking, why me? Mm -hmm. Why this? Why her? What did I do? Started with feeling pity for myself and for her, and then feel like I'm a victim. And then I see this bird. I see, you know, you, you just see all these groups of bears, and then suddenly I can see this bird that has only one leg. And I, I notice that she is moving slower than the other birds, but still she's just picking up food from the, from, from the ground, and still she's flying a little bit around, and she's part of this group of birds, and I didn't really notice the other birds treating her differently, <laughs> like she was part of this group. And she was still like, you know, making birdie noises and everything and was like living her life despite her one leg missing. Hmm. At that same moment, I was thinking, this bird didn't do anything wrong. Maybe there is no why me. Maybe that is not the question. Maybe I shouldn't be looking for any reason. This is part of life. This is part of nature. Mm. So from that moment, I just gave up asking all those questions of why me? Why her? What did I do wrong? What is the reason? All that matters is what we have right now and how to get the best out of it and just focus on the things that we have. Like, I feel like if... There's an earthquake right now and all of us die. The moment I'm dying, I don't want to be thinking, oh my God, I spent all this time emphasizing on how miserable we are. I just want to be thinking, at least I did whatever I could and at least I enjoyed however much of it that I could and I helped my loved ones enjoy it. So how did this moment at the beach affect your mindset moving forward? So, 
that moment was a very, very, very critical moment that I can remember and I, and I can pinpoint. But it has been a process. Absolutely. It has been a long process and still it is a process. You know, I think that, okay, I could handle it better today than yesterday, this week than last week. It is a process. But then with that moment and then maybe the next few weeks or months after that, that that pain went away. Mm. It was not painful anymore. I was not a victim anymore. My daughter was not a victim anymore. My family was not a victim anymore. Hmm. Did the shift change the way that you approached your day-to-day interactions with Saba and, and your family life overall? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I gradually started to live life again by changing my perspective, by changing my expectations. I could enjoy life again. Hmm. And I'm very grateful for that, very much so. So, Bani, it's been over a decade since that day in the doctor's office when you received Saba's diagnosis. Saba is now 15 years old. And I'm wondering, what is life like for you now? Life is very beautiful. Life is good. And is really, 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 really hard. But then what makes it bearable is, you know, Maya, for the longest time, I was trying for my family to be as close to a typical family as possible. Mm. And that was tiring. That was exhausting. The moment that I accepted that, guess what? We are not a typical family. We are not. Then that exhaustion went away. Because maybe letting go of uh, trying to be typical and then instead just try to get to the best or to the happiest that is possible for you as a special need family is the answer. Maybe, maybe that was the answer for me. You mentioned that life is still very, very, very hard and one I, I so appreciate your honesty and your candor. And I think that's um, that's such an important part of your story, right? Right. That things can continue to be really, really, really hard and you can still find beauty and joy. Um, what are some of the current challenges that you're you're facing as a family? One of the major challenges that we have right now is that now she is 15 years old, and she has uh, the body of a mature woman. Um, she's a little bit shorter than I am, and she's heavy. And uh, things that were, you know, just controlling her emotions or controlling her impulses when she was little was much easier. I could just grab her and go, like if she wanted to touch something that she was not supposed to, or mm -hmm. if she wanted to just run towards something that she was not supposed to, I could physically stop her. But then right now, we don't have that. So mm. helping her control her body um, and just stop herself when her body is doing something inappropriate is much more challenging than it was before. Mm. 
And still, with frustration, tantrums are still there, making, you know, screamings and stuff are still there. And we are working on them, work in progress. And we do see progresses that we, by the way, celebrate. But then there are still so many challenges. I want to talk about those days where your feelings lie somewhere in the middle, where you're you're not quite feeling joy, but you're also not feeling deep sadness or frustration or despair. Um, because I have to believe that on the days where you're simply feeling neutral towards things, that you're not reacting as you might have in the past, that that also is a big win that should be celebrated. That is true, Maya. There are actually very many days that I feel neutral through things. Um, Very many days. But then I feel like not feeling frustrated is a big win in those days because like these challenges, like everybody in life, we all go through challenges. So they are like everyday challenges for us. And I feel like coming from a place that every moment of every day is torturous to a place that most moments of most days are neutral Mm. is huge. At least I think for me it has been huge. What do you want people to know about your family that you think is so often misunderstood? What do you want to share? Oh, one major thing. Don't feel bad for us. Mm. We are a happy family. We may not be a typical family. We are not. We are far from a typical family. But we are a very happy family. So don't cry for us. It's okay if you want to cry with us (laughs) at times. But... Um, that is one thing. Do not feel bad for us. We are a happy family. But sometimes I feel like we are living in a parallel universe. So we are not living in your universe, Mm. but we are as happy as anybody can be in your universe, in our (laughs) own universe. (laughs) So I feel like, and then the other thing is that for me personally, I feel like my level of happiness in day-to-day life would have been the same even if I didn't have a special need child and I had a typically growing child. Hmm. Because at this point, I feel like I don't emphasize on little problems as much. I don't sweat little things anymore. I'm just happy. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that see that happiness in your face. <laughs> you know, I've come to the conclusion that more important than what happens in our lives is the way that we react to what happens. And at some point I decided to just react to it in a cheerful way. Mm. And then that was when that the doors to joy opened up. That was when that I am like, okay, so who cares that she doesn't talk? Let's just get that little hug or that like 
very warm feeling of the little kiss on on her cheek and then be grateful for that. And then let's Mm. just pause those moments. Let's just let go of all those dreams of graduation and driver's license and grandchildren and all of that. Don't, Don't worry about those. And then let's just let go of thinking about how it could have been and just focus on what is and get the best out of what is, no matter how small or big it is. So now I see the meaning or I see the purpose of my life to just, as a mother, if I can just help my daughter enjoy what life has to offer to her potential, Mm. I have reached my goal. And in this process, I've learned that life has so much to offer. You know, I'm not denying graduations are really good, are very big deal. Your teenager get, get it, having their driver's license and going out, they are really big. They are real joys of life. But then who cares if she may not graduate as a typical child? Who cares if she may never drive? Who cares if she may never get married and, and have children? There is so many other things that life has to offer. Like, she learned to ride a bicycle when she was 11 years old. Now she can ride her, her bicycle. And still she cannot wheel the bike, so we cannot go on trails and stuff, but we can go to empty parking lots. And the, the joy that I see in her face doing that is enough for me. Yeah. I don't want anything else. Even though I know what other 15-year-olds would be doing at that moment that is very joyful, very typical, but this is us. Yeah. And we better not grieve that and enjoy this. You mentioned um, the bicycling. I'm wondering if you can share share a little bit more on that front. Um, how do you experience joy as a family? Um, so again, in, in a not typical way. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we are good at restaurants. So we enjoy going to our favorite restaurants. We usually sit on booths because booths are much easier. She tends to rock. So single chairs, she would be rocking too much. Mm. But if we sit in a booth and we have her favorite dinner, which happens to be hamburger and french fries, we are a family enjoying life together. And then also Saba enjoys car rides. Mm are um, fun as a family on weekdays is that when everybody comes back from work and she's done with her therapy and her school and everything, we just get in the car and we just take a 45-minute car ride and we listen to our favorite music. Dad and I sing along. She sometimes makes noises. We sometimes clap and, you know, just dance with the music and we enjoy Manny, it's not lost on me that your teenage daughter is in the car with the music playing, dancing, making sounds. <laughs> that is pretty damn close to that dream that you had for her when you imagined motherhood. You're making me tear up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, it's amazing. It's like she is having that moment with you. It just looks a little different. That is true. Yeah. That is definitely true. Wow, I never looked at it this way. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Yes. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you liked my conversation with Banny, you may enjoy my conversation with first responder Christy Warren. She's another guest who started out as a listener of the show. The episode is called A First Responder's Call for Help, and we'll link to it in the show notes. And next week, we've got our season finale. My friend Adam Grant stops by to talk about our hidden potential, the perils of perfectionism, and why we need to give soft skills more respect. I'll see you next week. A Slight Change of Plans is created, written, and executive produced by me, Maya Shunker. The Slight Change family includes our showrunner, Tyler Green, our senior editor, Kate Parkinson Morgan, our producer, Trisha Bovita, and our sound engineer, Andrew Vastola. And thanks to Ariane Nettles for her help with this episode. Luis Guerra wrote our delightful theme song, and Ginger Smith helped arrange the vocals. A Slight Change of Plans is a production of Pushkin Industries, so big thanks to everyone there. And of course, a very special thanks to Jimmy Lee. You can follow A Slight Change of Plans on Instagram at Dr. Maya Shunker. See you next week. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code Gabby2024 for 20% off your first order.